It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby here with you, and it is a Ferg Friday. It's Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us as he does every week. And Justin, we just have nothing to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a just a boring week of nothing going on in the world of Auburn sports. Yeah, just hiring two coordinators uh, <laughs> and uh, possibly some assistant coaches is being reported, but nothing official. And guys declaring for the draft and choosing to stay. Yeah, nothing going on. Nothing going on. No, uh, all joking aside. Side. Auburn hired Derek Mason as a defensive coordinator. Let's start there. I think this is the guy that most Auburn fans really wanted. Of course, known for his solid defenses at Stanford. That earned him a head coaching job at Vandy. And like I said, a lot of Auburn folks really wanted this guy. A lot of Auburn fans really excited after this hire. This, this is a guy that was pretty much every big defensive coordinator job out there. He was connected to, uh, to, to some extent. And the fact that Auburn was able to be the one that lands him, I think is really, really big for the program. Um, he, he checks a lot of boxes in terms of like what you want to see, um, out of Brian Harson, like what he's trying to build, I think. And, you know, he's got some West Coast ties. Uh, he'll be able to expand the expand the uh, in the recruiting, you would think, a little bit kind of falling into where Hartson is. But the other thing there is, is that at Stanford and then at, definitely at Vanderbilt during the good times at Vanderbilt, he did a really good job of using his scheme and using what they did, especially on the defense side of the ball and player development to make his team competitive. Because like Vanderbilt talent wise is by far the worst in the SEC. Yeah. And they had to kind of a play above their head with the way they ran their defense, the way they called defense, the way they developed players. And at Auburn, you're going to have those talent gaps behind Alabama and Georgia, you know, that are just going to be there. Now it's nowhere near as big as what you get at Vanderbilt or what you had at Stanford compared to some of the other ones. But the fact that you have a coach that wants to out scheme you and wants to do things to overcome those talent gaps. And it's not just simply, okay, well, we're just going to run up here and just do what we do because we have better players. I think that background definitely fits in line, both offensively and especially defensively, what Auburn needs to probably be able to do to make the Brian Harson hire work. And as far as scheme, I mean, do you think we're going to still see a lot of man-on-man action on the outsides and a lot of very physical front sevens? I mean, that just kind of seems to be the staple of SEC defenses. Yeah, a lot of line of scrimmage stuff. The the thing with the thing with Derek Mason that was so interesting is that there were times when they ran a three four system and they ran a four three front. It's just been very flexible, very malleable, and we saw that at at, at Boise State as well. What they did uh, with their with their uh, their rush ends. Their um, uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, and I'm and I'm blanking on it right now. But very much kind of like a buck, what a buck did in, in steel and um, Muschamp system. Right. Just maybe some more linebacker versatility, maybe a little bit more. Uh, dropping into coverage, do some more regular linebacker stuff than just a defensive end that stands up. So I think it's going to be a very flexible front, a very malleable front. Um, I think you're going to get a guy that has produced some really good defensive players in the past. The the core, um, you know, you look at the linebacker, a guy like Zach Cunningham. Yeah. Um, 
they they've been able they've been able to put out some dudes in the past and have really had schemes to overcome the fact that they're just I mean you play at Vanderbilt you are really behind the eight ball compared to a lot of uh, a, a lot of teams in your in your league and so um, scheme wise I think it's going to be very interesting to see where it comes in because I think we're about to see an evolution not necessarily in in case of you know completely reinventing the wheel at Auburn but I think you're going to see a scheme that I think is going to be a little bit more diverse and a little bit more different than what we saw under Kevin Steele, which under Kevin Steele, when it worked, it really, really worked. But I mean, going back to Harson's Boise state days. And of course what Derek Mason did at Vanderbilt and at Stanford, um, there's a lot more tweaking and a lot more, uh, kind of, you know, innovating cutting edge kind of stuff like that, because the ultimate goal is what are you going to do to be able to overcome the gaps ahead of you in terms of talent? The other big news, Auburn announced the hire of offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, most recently in South Carolina. Uh, he was a good offensive coordinator at Georgia. He was a head coach at Colorado State. So it kind of had stints all over the place. It's so funny to me, Justin, when all of the rumors were going around during the coaching search and a lot of folks were kind of pointing, or a lot of things were kind of pointing to Kevin Steele. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if it's Steele, he's going to bring Bobo as offensive coordinator. And everyone's like, what in the world? No, that doesn't make any sense. But then Harson does it. Brian Harson makes the decision. And a lot of Auburn fans are like, "Oh yeah, okay, all right, this could work. This could work." <laughs> I'm still kind of in the. Uh, I'm much more excited about the Derek Mason hire than the Mike mm-hmm. Bobo hire. Where are you on this? So my initial reaction to the Mike Bobo hire is a very, very similar to the reaction I had when Auburn hired Kevin Steele in 2016. Okay. We know that there have been some really good moments back in the day in the SEC and especially in recruiting for a guy like Mike Bobo. I mean, he had the number one offense in the country at Georgia once upon a time, had several top 15 offenses there, um, you know, had, gave Auburn a really hard time for, for a while when he was, you know, the offensive coordinator there. Colorado State, he had some really good years and it really fell off for him. And I think that's very similar to what we saw with Kevin Steele, where it's like, Kevin Steele had his high moments. He had his very noticeable um, low moments, and people thought, okay, well, maybe the game's kind of passed him by. Maybe he's, you know, the shine's been knocked off on him. He comes to Auburn, and it's just he he just clicked. It kind of fell into place, and you know, he ended up being the most valuable coordinator in the country for for several years, and got paid like it too. This is the thing with with Mike Bobo that it's interesting is that. I don't know if this is the fit that it, you know he's he's going to be able to take off there, but he does a lot of stuff that makes sense with what Brian Harson is going to want to do, and it's be multiple, be versatile, be prepared for everything. You can go under center, you can go out of the shotgun, uh, you can play fast, you can play slow, you can uh, do a lot of different things with tight ends and personnels and running backs and uh, just different schemes and sets, and yeah. that is that is what we saw at Georgia. What's what we saw at Colorado state with him. That's what they're trying to build at South Carolina. And that's what Harson did at Boise state. So it very much makes a lot of sense in that aspect that I think they are in the same kind of mindset in terms of here's how we want to, you know, run our offense. And here's how we're going to think how, what, what is Auburn going to do to get over the hump and stay over the hump? And it's not necessarily chasing after, you know, the hottest, youngest, you know, flashiest offense. Instead, it's going with the consistent be prepared for anything option. And mm. that's Bobo's MO. And, you know, the more you think about it, the more it lines up with what Harson is trying to build at Auburn. What do you think about play calling responsibilities? Where do you think that will lie? I, I would be surprised if it's not Bobo, just because this is a guy who was going to be the offensive coordinator and the play caller. 
at South Carolina for yeah. him to make this move, you know, it'd be hard for him to make the move and kind of step back. Now we know that Brian Harson has called plays in the past before, and he's going to be involved on offense. But I think if Bobo is making this move with his track record in the sec, he's going to be the guy calling the shots. And it's going to be a fascinating, a fascinating uh, thing to, to, to watch because, um, there has been times in the SEC, and there have been times, you know, it, when he was at Colorado State, where his offense has put up some points and put yeah. up some big plays, and he's brought in a lot of talent. But uh, it's been a little while, and so m- we're about to find out if uh, being back in the coordinator spot and being in a spot where you have more talent than you have at South Carolina, that could be the difference. Like nobody was able to to get things going at, at South Carolina on offense under Muschamp, and mm-hmm. it was even harder going to be doing that. In after the weird offseason we just had uh, with COVID and all that. So, you know, I don't know if you need to hold the 2020 season against him too much, um, but I am I am really, really, I'm really curious to see what Bobo brings to the table in terms of Auburn and kind of unlocking it because you can't argue the man's track record as a recruiter and as a quarterback developer. Uh, he's had some really, or he's had some really good talent. Uh, you know, come through uh, his system going back to his days at Georgia. And uh, Auburn fans wanted a quarterback developer. Here's here's your guy. I mean, he's got he's got that track record. And and now I think he's going to be at a spot at Auburn where he can get a little bit more, um, you know, top end talent than necessarily he would have been getting at Colorado State or South Carolina, even though he had the commitment from uh, Gunnar Stockton, the the top 2022 dual threat quarterback. So be mm-hmm. interested to see um, what he can do with Auburn's resources. Yeah, I, I think Bo Nix was a huge winner after the Brian Harson hire, and I think he's going to really benefit from Bobo's offense as well, just with the whole really being prepared for anything. I think I, I would like to see Bo Nix under center a little bit more. I would like to see Bo mm-hmm. Nix doing more pro style type things less spread even though he is very mobile and I think he can be good at those kind of things if coached properly but I think Bo Nix has to be really really excited about this offseason now yeah he's the thing with Bo Nix is that he's about to hit another year with a new coordinator and it's like man there's you got to start worrying like you know don't want to get him into full Josh Rosen mode where it's like all right is this man ever going to have any sort of continuity but that's the that's the thing Jason Campbell figured it out right Exactly. Jason Campbell figured it out. There have been some other Auburn quarterbacks in the past that have figured it out. So maybe this is the magic ma- magic weapon. You know, maybe a different kind of scheme would be would be helpful for him. It'll be interesting though because you know Nick's has had that. You know, his best stuff in high school was when he was playing kind of more of that two minute up tempo, fast paced offense. We've seen Georgia and we've seen Bobo offenses try that in the past, but it's still more of the Boise State style is more of hey, let's throw everything we got at you instead of being married to just one thing. Um, but the track record, it's a, it's a new set of eyes, it's a new quarterback, it's a new system. I mean, it's a new quarterback coach and it's a new system. I think Bo Nix is plenty talented uh, to get it, to get it done. Um, I just wonder, uh, you know, how he'll go through that transition and also what the supporting cast will look like around him because of the offensive line struggles from this past season, especially in pass protection, and the fact that they're going to be reloading at wide receiver this year. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us on today's Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at betonline.ag, the exclusive betting partner uh, throughout the Locked On Podcast Network. They've got fun lines up for the national championship game on Monday. Justin, all kind of prop bets. This one was my favorite that they have um, put up, and it was, uh, oh gosh, I can't find it now. Where is it? <laughs> it, was, it had to do with the longest touchdown. 
Uh, oh, okay. that's a fun one. Longest touchdown out of the game. The over-under is set at 54 and a half yards. How do you like that? Oh, wow. Um, man, I feel I feel like over. I feel like over in that too. one just because yeah. there's so much explosive talent. Like, not only do you have a guy like Devontae Smith who, no, you, he can just need a little bit of room to, to take it to the house, but, I mean, the way Trey Sermon's been playing recently for Ohio State, Duke can bust it. I don't know. Like, I, 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 but that's a, that's a really good number. I, I like that one, too. And then you can guess on uh, which will be said first, Heisman or Lawrence. You can bet on which will be said <laughs> first between um, Buckeyes or Tide. And then this one's interesting. Which will be said first, Dabo or Urban? I thought that was Ooh. interesting. I thought that Ooh. one was interesting. So if any of those interest you, you can get, uh, head over to betonline.ag. You can create your free account today and use uh, the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. That is at betonline.ag. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, before we move into some other hires, or I guess um, yeah, assumptive hires, is that a word? Um, with with, uh, <laughs> with some position coaches that may be coming to Auburn. What uh, What all is coming up over the next few days at the Auburn Observer. I, I can't imagine how busy you are getting all this stuff out and watching all that film and getting ready for uh, some really cool newsletters. Yeah, uh, so if you're listening to this on Friday, we have uh, um, uh, the return of the mailbag where we talk a lot about these uh, these hires, the coaching staff uh, changes uh, on, on Friday morning. Uh, we'll have continue to have Auburn basketball post-game observations throughout all this over the weekend. Got the, got the free podcast on Sunday. Then early next week, I'm going to try to hit uh, pretty hard and and uh, get into more of Mike Bobo and, and Derek Mason kind of into the some film and and all that stuff as well. So uh, we'll dig into the to the analysis and dig into what these guys are going to be bringing into Auburn. Uh, and that's at auburnobserver.com. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year will get you access to everything we do sent straight to your email inbox. Yep, worth every penny. Absolutely, auburnobserver.com. So will friend. Um, some places are reporting, or I guess heavy speculating, that he will be Auburn's next offensive line coach. He and Bobo have a really good relationship, known as a great recruiter. He's got stints at uh, Georgia and Tennessee, and uh, also played in Alabama. So we talked about this going into the matchup against Tennessee during the season, Justin, and it's like... Mm-hmm. Tennessee had a bunch of four and five stars on the offensive front and friend recruited a lot of those guys, but they didn't really ever put it together. So assuming this happens as we record this on Thursday night, that is not an official hire yet. Auburn has not made a statement there, but what's your thoughts on this? Well, Auburn fans, if you wanted Auburn to get better as recruiting up front and you think that's the, the, the thing that's, you know, ailed the offense the most, which there's good. Um, there's a good argument to be made for that. Well, friends, the guy who'll get it done. I mean, everywhere he's been, they have brought in. He, he's brought in elite offensive line talent. He's been able to develop some guys in the past that have had some really good years. It didn't come together for Tennessee this year. You got to wonder how much of that is Tennessee with their quarterback situation, with yeah. their offensive coordinator, and all that stuff. 
fact of the matter is, is that there's going to be some question marks there. But if you're looking at recruiting and you're looking at can Auburn, like where is Auburn's biggest deficit right now? And, and last week at the Observer, I wrote about it. Auburn is well behind the rest of the championship contenders in college football in terms of having blue chip talent on the offensive line. They're well behind uh, uh, Alabama. They're well behind Ohio State, uh, Clemson, Georgia, you know, teams like that. And they're even behind teams that they want to be closer to, like LSU, like Texas A&M, like Florida, a little bit more attainable in the SEC. That's the biggest gap. You know, Auburn can recruit skill talent, and they've brought in some really good players on defense and, and you know, even offense. But offensive lines where they've lagged behind the most. So, if you were coming in saying, hey, they've got to fix this offensive line recruiting situation, there are a few recruiters in America that bring in top-tier talent on the offensive line like Will Friend does. We'll see what the development is because it's so crucial up front. Um, but, I mean, Auburn fans, you're going to get what you wish for if Friends ends up being the hire and getting a dude who has that recruiting experience. Are, are you hearing any other – Heavy, uh, heavy rumors as far as Auburn getting some position coaches um, over the next few days, possibly through the weekend. Nothing that I'm sitting there saying this is definitely going to happen. I will say just one thing that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that I've heard about the last couple, you know, last couple of days and, and really last week. Um, you know, people are saying, OK, who could be retained? Everybody wants to point to Cadillac and, and Travis Williams and, and all that. I'd be interested to see who they end up retaining. Don't rule out Larry Porter as an option to stay on board with the staff. Um, I think Porter, you know, his head coaching experience in the past, he's a great recruiter. He obviously did great work in building up the room at tied in at Auburn. You know, the transformation that's happened in that in that position group under him. Uh, has been pretty impressive. He's got special teams uh, experience as well. He's got running back coach experience as well, so you can move him around if you need if you need to. Um, I you know I would be surprised if Harson went full clean slate. Um, we'll see about T. Will and Cadillac because those are the guys that a lot of Auburn fans want to mention for obvious reasons first and foremost. But um, you know I wouldn't be surprised to 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 see that uh, to see Porter stay on board. Uh, at, at Auburn, so um, keep him in mind. I know he's been reported as an option to be to be staying on, and um, he's the one right now that I would be like, you know, maybe Auburn fans aren't talking about him quite as much right now, uh, but but they might need to be. Who's going? Who's staying? In regards to Auburn players and the NFL draft, we'll touch on that next right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Justin, we'll start with who's staying. Zacoby McLean announced that he is staying. He put out that statement on his social media um, following in the steps of Smoke Monday, who announced that the day before. I think uh, I think that's a huge thing with um, mm-hmm. with you know him and, and Owen Papo obviously coming back next year. I think the core of your defense gets to stay there and with Smoke Monday coming back behind you. Because really everything else, there's going to be a whole lot of movement. So at least you've kind of got your base there, your core, your identity. The identity of this team defensively last year was linebackers. And with K.J. Brett missing a big chunk of the season, it looks like that identity is going to kind of stay together. 
Yeah, and, and Jacoby McLean, as I, as I tweeted earlier on, on Thursday, man, production-wise, he had a year to, I mean, just an impressive year. He was the first Auburn player to average more than 10 tackles a game in a season. And keep in mind, that was an all-SEC schedule until the Northwestern game mm-hmm. uh, since uh, Dontarius Thomas. And even before him, it was it was uh, Takeo Spikes. So, I mean, this is wow. what you're talking about in terms of dudes who can make plays, get it, getting those tackles. Um, he stepped in in a big spot without K.J. Britt. He's not necessarily the cookie-cutter NFL prototype linebacker because of his size, but I think him and Papo did a really good work in helping Auburn's defense, you know, have the, the success that it did have. I know, you know, they took step back in, in a number of areas uh, this past season, but I think they were able to hold their own in a really tough spot in a really tough year. And then, yeah, bringing him and Smoke Monday back, we'll see about Jamie and Sherwood. We'll see what... What that what, what happens there, but you could really bring the backbone of your defense back in 2021. Uh, we'll see what it looks like in the trenches at tackle. You've got some young options there, um, and I think that's something that a guy like Derek Mason can really build around is having these leaders, having these guys who went through the fire and had to step up uh, and 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 put in some big minutes for Auburn in a tough season um, and produce at that level. I think is going to. I think they really are going to be good fits for the kind of identity they're going to try to build on the defensive side of the ball. And you talking about that production, I, I thought that was going to be the reason why he did leave. And obviously he didn't as we're talking about this, but I just don't see his draft stock ever being higher than it is right now. Unless, I mean, if you have back-to-back 100 tackle seasons, I think that's mm-hmm. impressive. You know, maybe that'll be enough, but... Maybe he stays and he gets better in pass coverage, and you know maybe he uh, stays and shows the NFL next year that he's a little bit better at blitzing. Maybe they'll send him a little bit more in a different style of defense. Yeah. Um. But I, I was surprised that he's coming back. Yeah. I mean, it, no one. I think if you're an Auburn fan, should blame any of these guys for wanting to go no this off season because they're about to be you know about to be playing under guys that didn't recruit them for the most part. And there's a lot of change and there's a lot of newness and it, you, you have a free year if you want to go transfer and, you know, NFL. I mean, look how many success stories we've seen recently. It's like, oh, you probably went or went too early. No, you know, we, we knew what we were doing here uh, and, and it worked out. A guy like Darius Slayton continues to be a really good example of that a guy like uh, Noah Benogany was a really good example of that mm-hmm. as well. So I think, you know, go get your money when you can. But these guys that are making the, the best decisions for themselves uh, and and wanting to stay on board and help and build what this new era of Auburn football will be, um, I think Auburn fans should embrace that, should celebrate these guys uh, for for you know for for sticking around. Um, you know, not saying you wouldn't do that if they if they moved on to the next level, uh, but you know, every case is different, every case is unique, and so for the guys who stay back, I think uh, I think there should be a lot of uh, I think there should be a lot of um, I don't know, just just really good uh, feedback coming their way. And uh, I'll be interested to see how they develop in, in, in some new schemes. Well, the guy that is leaving, the guy that is um, foregoing the rest of his eligibility and will enter the 2021 NFL draft, Christian Tut, the nickel corner. Um, this surprised me a little bit, but the writing was on the wall and a lot of assumptions were made when he did not play in the bowl game. But mm-hmm. yeah, Christian Tut... Uh, taking his shot at the NFL, seeing if he can get a chance to the next level. Yeah, interesting move for him. And, and I think it's going to be, you know, I think there were some times where he was really good at nickel. I think there were some times where he obviously had some had some struggles in, in, in coverage. Um, 
I want to know where he ends up and sees like where he can fit. Cause I think he's got some versatility where you can kind of move him around and do a lot of different things. But yeah, I mean, Auburn has a lot of depth uh, defensive back and they have a lot of young guys that could step up and play different spots. And again, we won't know what necessarily everything's going to look like in 2021 with Derek Mason on board. Um, but you know, it, it makes it really interesting to see what happens to a dude like Roger McCreary now um what happens you know to a guy like jamie and sherwood because Mm -hmm. you can bring back a lot of this secondary uh in in 2021 and you've got some young pieces that stepped up and 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 played uh kind of above their above their head uh so to speak in a tough year um but yeah tut tut making that decision a little bit of a a little bit of surprise but i think very much like kind of anthony schwartz on the offensive side and some of these other guys in the past if you land in the right situation um, I think it'll pay off and, uh, you know, coming back next year, there are no guarantees. I don't know who to compare him to. That's, that's <clears> my <throat> biggest thing. And like, I agree with you. I think he's got some traits that you can move around, but I think you got to keep him in the middle of the field. I don't really trust him on the outside, especially the next level. Like, I don't think he has, I don't know if he has like the hips and the footwork to, to do that on the outside. So I'm really curious to see. What he does, I think he has to play close to the line of scrimmage, and so I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because, you know, I thought he was a guy that you know when Auburn first recruited him, they talked about him kind of playing outside corner, but he settled at that home and nickel yeah. uh, for a while, and you never really saw him move around quite as much. Now he was productive and and kind of made plays when when he when you know especially up close towards the line of scrimmage could get into the backfield could blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, He's going to have to, you know, expand expand his game. But I think uh, he obviously has heard enough to think, you know what, you know, in the right spot, I, I'm better off going on and moving on to the next level. Yeah. Hey, and best of luck to him. Go get your money, like you said. Absolutely. 100%. Justin, give us a rundown. Uh, give us another pitch on the Auburn Observer because there's a yep. lot of good stuff happening over there. AuburnObserver.com will have a lot of stuff coming up with the mailbags and the and basketball observations and podcast and uh, breaking down the film and some and some analysis on Auburn's new uh, coaching hires and just building ahead to uh, what we've got going on for the rest of this offseason. It's going to be a lot of fun to get to uh, to get to all of that. You can sign up $6 a month or $60 a year at AuburnObserver.com. And uh, when you do that, you will get 100 percent of the content emailed straight into your inbox you ain't got to worry worry about me giving you a link or anything like that it comes straight into your inbox where you can read and listen at your own time yep and it's awesome thank you so much justin appreciate it absolutely thanks for having me on dude you can follow me on twitter at z blackery follow the show on twitter at locked on auburn and we will see you monday right here on the locked on auburn podcast NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.